On today's show, we tackle the term being courageously uncomfortable and how that relates to living a life of fulfillment. Welcome to the Mastering Fulfillment Podcast, where we focus on bridging your success with fulfillment in your personal, business, and spiritual life. And now your hosts, Scott Berry and Joshua Wenner. So if you've listened to one of our episodes that we just recorded uh, back in January, we were really tackling this whole idea of goal setting and how it really intersected and intertwined with fulfillment. And today we thought we'd kind of go over some personal accountabilities and just really kind of loosely wrap on how being courageously uncomfortable really intersects with having a fulfilling life. And as me and Josh were talking about a few a few weeks ago, how as we start this new year, how people are really starting to build some of their intentions and some of their goals, um, as they start to move forward, take action, and start to step into a lot of these goals that what it's going to actually entail is is actually being uncomfortable. And, um, you know, I'll ask you this, Josh. Do you think that you can have a goal or have some type of intention that you're looking to kind of bring into your life and not have it encompass some type of uncomfortability to some degree or another? Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a great question, Scott. And uh, I actually was just having a, a conversation with the guy. Uh, we were talking about accountability. I'm a big believer in accountability and the power of accountability. And uh, he was telling me how he was really focused on his health and he was already doing it. And I'm like, okay, well, if you're already focused on your health and you're already doing the action steps, then you shouldn't focus on that for accountability. <laughs> you know, it's like the I think the, the main benefit of uh, – you know, when you when you talk about uncomfortability is things that take courage uh, courage actually uh, comes from the Latin Latin word core c-o-r which means heart and courage I think that's where they pronounced it was a French term and it actually meant heart rage so it's interesting it's it's like courage of the heart means do I have the courage to go into these areas of developing myself where I may have been uh, avoiding or putting off or not doing so a perfect example could be when it comes to goal setting how many people talk about writing a book or they talk about creating a podcast or they talk about losing weight or they talk about making more money or they talk about creating a relationship or getting out of a relationship you know there's so many areas of life and when we talk about having a fulfilled life if you've been talking about it and you've been talking about it for a period of time and you haven't been doing it then i would suggest that it means you're not willing to get uncomfortable. So exactly what we're, we're, we're talking about is in order to live uh, an amazing, fulfilled life, a lot of it takes radical, uh, a lot radical, courageous uncomfortability um, to do those things because if they were easy, everybody would do them. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I do think that it takes uncomfortability to uh, really have a, a, a level of fulfillment because – Fulfillment comes almost when we grow. I, I, I believe a, a deep part of fulfillment is growth, tied yeah. to growth. 
Yeah. And a large part of growth is when you don't know something, you have to get uncomfortable. And then as you start to learn it and, and through that uncomfortability, you grow as a human. And I think that's what provides fulfillment. You know, it's almost like movement. It's like motion creates emotion. It's a form of motion that creates the emotion of fulfillment. Yeah. You know, I think as me and you have, you know, we've really been uh, students really dissecting this whole idea of fulfillment. And, um, you know, it's such a it's such a broad spectrum of, of what that actually means. But there are, I believe, some really core principles. And one of that is growth equals life and ultimately growth equals fulfillment. And I think that if you really ask any people that you would see in your world, whether they're, I guess, intimately um, in your life, or if they're someone you look up to, like a Richard Branson or whatnot, that they live some type of life uh, continuously where they're always engaging themselves into some type of growth and some type of um, uncomfortableness to where they're, they're always kind of stretching themselves. But I think this whole idea of growth equals life and then ultimately that growth equals fulfillment, that all of that really kind of goes really kind of goes hand in hand. And I think if you really kind of step back and you, and you look about, okay, what are the people that just seem, that just seem really happy or really content and just seem to really feel uh, the sense of where their life is going and they feel really strong and connected to it. I would imagine that if you really have those conversations dissected to the core level of what that is, a lot of that has to do with with growth and you know there's this really great saying that there's no growth without being uncomfortable so you know one of my goals it's funny that i'm thinking about this right now that one of my goals oh god i think this was in 2008 or 2009 when i really started to get into this concept one of my mantras for the year was being comfortable with uncomfortable and i I know that's kind of cliche and it, it kind of gets tossed around a little bit but it's really tough and when you can when you can really get into i guess the muscle of it and and start to flex that muscle of being okay without being or, or i'm sorry being okay with being uncomfortable uh, it it helps you move through that uncomfortability a little bit faster and i think also what it does it's it's kind of this guidepost of like wow okay i'm trying to i'm trying to grow i'm trying to move through something i'm uncomfortable I don't know if the uncomfortability ever feels good, but it you're able to step through it regardless. And, and there's kind of this, um, almost this satisfaction of, even though it feels uncomfortable, there's this, you know, satisfaction of, wow, okay, I'm, you know, I must be growing because it is uncomfortable and I am kind of moving in the direction I want to go, even though it doesn't feel good. It's like that that medicine that you take and it's, you know, you take a spoonful of it and you know, it tastes like shit, but there's some satisfaction in it because you know, it's like, okay, in a few hours or a few minutes, I'm going to feel much better because the medicine's going to start to work, even though it tastes like shit going down or (laughs) it tastes terrible uh, going down. And, you know, as we start to move forward into 2018, you know, one of the things that really spawned this whole idea of being courageously uncomfortable is I was, you know, starting to look at some of my own intentions and some of my own goals. And if you go back to the last podcast of Goals and Fulfillment, one of my big things was when we got back from our dream trip and we were gone for four months, I had 
felt uh, a little disconnected on the relationship pillar of my life. Now, my intimate relationship with Michelle had had felt very close, <clears throat> excuse me, but my societal um, community relationship pillar had felt very weak. And so since the last time we recorded that that um, that podcast, I made a commitment myself to have 100 conscious conversations. And uh, just to kind of like put my feet to the grindstone, I went ahead and put out a I put out a, a landing page on my website and, you know, just to kind of like stake it to the world. And I've been like actively, actively reaching out to people that um, I either know and I hadn't connected with in a while and I'm looking to re-engage into those conversations uh, and to also people who I may have met briefly or they were friends of friends and I have been really, really being proactive on reaching out to them. And at first it was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go out and, you know, it's going to be great. I'm going to have these conversations and who knows where it'll go. I'm going to, they're all about Skype or lunch dates, um, you know, nothing too intense, but I'm letting the possibility of letting them grow and deepen. But the whole idea of me just going out and reaching to it, it's like, okay, I'll go ahead and do it. But when I actually had to start writing the emails and I had to start, you know, picking up the phone to call some of my friends, I think I even got a couple uh, referrals from you as well, Josh, that uh, I realized it wasn't as easy as I thought. And I, and I felt um, some of this anxiety uh, starting to creep up. And I, and I realized just how uncomfortable it was. And not only necessarily just kind of reaching out, but I just realized that all of the shit that kind of came to surface in my head that you know, that all kind of came up as I was doing that. Like, wow, am I, am I bugging people? Do people even like to get phone calls anymore? Um, are they, do they feel I'm going to be pitching them with something? And so I had to really get comfortable with my own self to say, look, I've got a lot to give. And I almost had a kind of pep talk my way up, um, in, in making these conversations and, and, you know, half of the people that I actually reach out to, if not 60 to 70%, I had already known and I had already had a relationship with, but I hadn't, uh, nurtured some of these relationships either because, uh, we just kind of grown apart or we moved to different cities, but it was just really interesting to, to see what came up for me as far as all of the, anxiousness and uncomfortability. I thought it was going to be a pretty big cakewalk, but I, I found out that it was a lot more challenging and it, it it's also been a lot more rewarding as I'm starting to move through this process. So I just wanted to share that. Yeah, that's amazing. What what would you say when you are challenging yourself to be uncomfortable? Which which parts of it? You said the phone call part. Are there other pieces that are that are uncomfortable that you have to find the courage uh, to reach out with on the follow through? Like what, what, what guides you through it? What allows you to push through it? So for me, I think it was even a shock that some of this uncomfortability had even come up for me. And so as I started to make calls, I realized what was coming up in my body. I realized the anxiousness that was coming up. I realized the stories that I was telling myself about whether they even wanted to be received from me, you know, whether they even wanted to hear from me and whether I'd be bugging them. And so I had all these kind of stories that come up. And I think to get back to your question of, you know, what, what helped me kind of get through that is me 
going back to the why of why I was actually doing this. And for me, it was being able to connect with somebody on a really deep level. And then the opportunity, uh, I guess, on a both on a two-way street for me to, to add value to somebody else and to me to also receive value from somebody else. And so I, for me, it was having to remind myself that this was, I was going into it as a really win-win proposition and using this as an opportunity for me to grow my network, to uh, have the availability to promote my gifts a little bit more and to really find out what some of the people who I had either looked up to or I'd wanted to connect with or I hadn't heard from from in a while, how can I help them? And if it aligned, how could I really be able to uh, find out what's going on in their world and to be able to maybe support in any way I can. So I think for me, it was just kind of getting back to the why of like, okay, wh- why am I actually doing this thing called 100 Conversations? You know, 100 Conscious Conversations is because it just looks good and it's just something to do. Um, for me, it was, okay, how can this really propel, you know, my gifts and then possibly help somebody else's gifts in the process. And so for me, it was just kind of a, a, a reminding myself of that very thing. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a that's really a key dis- disti- distinction. And, you know, if we say distinction, I've had a number of people say they didn't know what distinction meant. Uh, distinction is just a light bulb or it just means, a, a, you know, a light bulb moment, something of like ah, an aha moment. So I think a key distinction is when our we're moving towards something, we start to notice in our body. We so again, you have a goal. Uh, your goal was to get out and meet new friends and new connections. Somebody else's could be to go to the gym. Uh, could be to make more money. And in order to make more money, a lot of times, if you're selling something or getting new clients, there's the same same things we come up against. If it's dating and partnership, it's the same thing. We're out meeting new people. We're out meeting new people. We're uh, and those same stories come up. Uh, that try to kind of talk, you know, take you out. It's almost like the head stories. And I think those head stories are the ones that kind of stop us. And so I, I really liked what you said of moving into the heart, feeling where there's discomfort um, and the stories that were there. And then also pushing through it by focusing on a new story or a new outcome that was empowering you. Right. Well, and I think that's where all the uncomfortability comes from. It, it usually comes from the stories that we're telling ourselves, you know, the fact of me having to actually pick up the phone and actually connect with people, that actually wasn't that hard, but it was all the internal kind of mind chatter that I had about the entire process. And I think that was with, that was really tough. And, you know, I think you can really apply this to so many spectrums, you know, uh, you know, starting your own business, you are going to run in a ton of uncomfortable moments. And I think that's why there's a lot of uh, entrepreneurs or freelancers or people that are just starting their own business where they get really enthralled with the idea of uh, being their own boss, um, producing XYZ widget or producing this service that's going to be of immense value for people. But it's the uncomfortability of the skill sets 
that they don't have and all of the other things that they have to do in order to support that business, which maybe isn't necessarily something that they love to do or isn't one of their strongest skill sets. Uh, that seems to be one of the biggest deterrents of, you know, of success in, in any type of um, entrepreneur. If you will, you know, it's the, you know, setting up the, <laughs> the tax IDs and getting the accountants and, you know, all the other background stuff that's used as a support. But, um, I think it all really stems from, you know, getting outside of the story that you tell yourself and then coming back to, okay, what is the why? And then really focusing on the why. And I, and I really believe that when you focus on not even just a mental focus, but like really feeling like, ah, what does it feel like when I produce that widget? What does it feel like when I connect with that person? What does it feel like when I finally get married? If you're looking for partnership, what does it feel like when I finally have, uh, you know, if we're trying to have a family, that first child, second child or eighth child or whatever it happens to be like, what does that feel like? And um, I feel like that helps you get through, you know, through some of the hurdles. I totally agree. And, I, and I'd say also, <clears throat> you know, sometimes there's sometimes the feelings we're feeling are if we focus on the feelings. So it's, it's an interesting uh, topic because sometimes the heart will tell us what we need to do and we don't feel like doing it because there's fear or there's things that come up and other times there's it. So it's almost like sometimes in following the heart and being courageous and, and going like, you're like, I really want friendships. And I've been hearing myself tell this a long time. Um, I feel like I need to go put myself out there. There's fear. And, and so sometimes that fear, it's, it's the fear that we need to break through. It's the stories that we need to break through. And other times it's the resistance uh, trying to take us a different direction. And, you know, sometimes we're like, oh, I want to make this money and there's this job. I'll give you an example. You know, there's this job and sometimes you're, you're seeing, well, this is the way to do it. And I feel like sometimes the heart is like, well, there's another way to do it. <laughs> and so sometimes I think it's us learning to feel is really a, a skill set that I think it needs to be practiced to learn, okay, when is it my fear that I need to overcome and get outside my comfort zone? And when is it actually my heart, if you will, guiding me in a different direction? And my head is thinking I need to do something, but it's actually not what I need to do. Uh, you know, it's like I've seen a lot of people go out and they'll just literally hit their head and do the same thing over and over and over again uh, because they're like, this is how I'm going to get from A to B. And they can get there, but it's a very like trudging through the snow, trudging through the muck area. And they could have just taken a different direction and it been light and effortless. So I think this is a really interesting uh, again, when it comes to fulfillment, what what is fulfillment, and uh, when do you need to be courageous with fulfillment? When do you need to feel into your heart what you need to do and overcome some uncomfortability and get out your comfort zone? Because uh, that's where all the growth is, and that could also look like not doing what you think you need to do, right? Sometimes the uncomfortability is 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 in the surrender of like, wow, I'm going to totally surrender this for a moment and. Uh, the, the plan I had, the strategy I had, the thing I've been fighting for, whatever that may be, sometimes it's about the breakthrough and sometimes it's literally about the, I'm going to just surrender and turn it over to God or spirit or the universe or whatever you believe created us, uh, creates nature. And I'm going to trust and have faith and I'm going to follow where it's, it's guiding me or leading me. And so I think there's a, there's a discernment there and it's kind of a teeter totter uh, between the two. And I think the only way to discover it is our own discovery process of learning, oh, that's fear and that is resistance. Or uh, I guess you should say, it's like, this is the flow of the river. And uh, if you maybe maybe fear could be 
like the pools on the side of the river that just keep us stuck around the pools and we're afraid to go down the river, you know, but the river's down there and, and it's like, okay, I can sit around this pool forever looking at the river. <laughs> and sometimes I just need to, you know, get strong enough to get outside the river and it's uncomfortable to get back in that current. Cause I don't know where the river's going to take me. And so I can either go down that river or sometimes we're trying to get out of the little side pool. And we're trying to swim upstream uh, cause we're resisting going with the flow. That might be an interesting metaphor of like, Oh, am I, Am I am I just saying, oh, here's the river, go down it, and I'm just caught in a little side whirlpool, or am I actually trying to go uphill, and it's a the wrong direction, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, and it feels heavy. Yeah, it, yeah, and it almost sounds like you know, given that example of you know doing that one thing and in, in that one person who was trudging and trudging and trudging that that same direction, it's almost like. You know, sometimes in our head we feel like okay, the best way to get from point A to point B is actually to go up up river instead of just kind of like surrendering and allowing yourself into a different direction. It's like oh, it'd be much more, you know, easeful if we were to go downstream. But I guess in our mind, we never saw that as a possibility. We kind of mapped out the how, but it didn't align with what that initial projection uh, looked like. And so I guess I'm wondering. You know, so for that person who's so, you know, have, has their blinders on and they're kind of like moving in one direction and they're, you know, like you say, just really like trudging through the mud, you know, what is it about that mindset that's maybe keeping them or allowing them to really be, uh, I guess, open and a little bit more free flowing to going into a different direction or open to something else? Would you say it's it's uncomfortability or would you say it's just a story that they have? Or, or, or what would you say that, you know, that is stopping that person from allowing other possibility to come in? Yeah, great question. I'm thinking of uh, an ex- I'm trying to think of an example that would portray, uh, you know, because when when the discernment maybe there's two different examples, you know, when, when a discernment is, I I like your example of, I want to meet new friendships. I'm feeling like I want to cultivate new friendships and I haven't been developing them. I'm feeling this need. So I got to get outside my comfort zone to go develop those and create that kind of get that energy flowing. And I think the, the contrast is I'll take up one of the guys in my recent uh, retreats. Uh, He's had a story about money forever, if you will. And, um, I hear what he like for him, his story is he keeps getting busy. So he takes on project after project after project. Uh, and none of the projects really pan out the way he wants. And when I actually talk to him at the end of the day, he's how would I describe it? He's trudging uphill, but he's not really, he's not, he's not really trudging. If that makes sense. He's, he's trudging uphill, but he's not being uncomfortable. He's not making the calls. He's not doing some of the things that he needs to do. And I think, I think in that case, the trudging is more the, the story. It goes back down to the same story of, of why he's not where he wants to be or why he doesn't have the energy. Well, it, it, it sounds, well, it sounds in that story. He's almost to a point where he's filling himself up with a lot of busy work, but he's actually not making a lot of progress for whatever reason. And I know some people, especially entrepreneurs will do this all the time where is we'll, we'll sit and we'll, you know, create a lot of busy work to make ourselves feel fulfilled. But we realize we're not actually moving in a direction that's actually getting us to where we want to go sometimes. So, so yeah, that's okay. So on that point, that's, that's a great distinction is it's really busy. We, it seems like we're doing a lot of movement, but we're not going anywhere. So it feels like we're trudging through the water, but really the uncomfortability is to pick up the phone and make calls to enroll new clients or build new connections is what he's resisting. And instead he's spending all this time doing all these other tasks. And instead then he gets to sit in the fear of not having the money 
and use that story over and over again, right? Instead of doing something about it, getting uncomfortable, building momentum, and and taking action on the thing that he's most uncomfortable about. So I think one of the distinctions or one of the the differentiators can be um, trudging is when you're you're not really feeling. <laughs> I think trudging is when you're in your head uh, and you're not feeling. Because I think as we practice feeling and getting in the body, it'll take us. It'll tell us where to go. It'll tell us where we're, there's what'll move the needle and where we have resistance to do it. Right. You know? Yeah. And I also think a lot of that busyness is is like a protector. It almost it almost keeps us from the uncomfortability. It it almost allows us to not have to think about looking at something different that might be uncomfortable. Um, let me ask you this: In that example, do you think it sounds like he might have been aware of it, aware of it afterwards? But I know a lot of times we start pushing one direction um, and we don't even realize that we're doing it, right? It's you, kind of a subconscious thing. Um, it sounds like he may have had the awareness later, but I'm, I'm curious if you think he was aware of it even before that. You know, I, I actually thought of it totally as you were saying that I, I got another example of another man who uh, his – I see a, a similar pattern but different in him. He he wants to create – he has his vision of what he wants to create, and he's been saying it to me for probably 10 years. Like I've known him for a long time. Um, and when he comes out, he always thinks he needs – his energy is like breakthrough energy, so it's a perfect example. He always thinks he needs to push harder, faster, go to the next level, if that makes sense. So he's so focused on pushing through to breakthrough that he's not able to be gentle when it needs to be gentle. And to me, that's exactly what's stopping him is he's literally made it up in his mind that, oh, you just need to break through. So it's all or nothing. So when it needs to be gentle, there's no, it's it's like, there's no breakthrough. It's like, I got to push myself to the point of exhaustion. But if you're not, if you're not willing to be gentle with yourself, how can you lead other people and know where to be gentle with them, when to push them through and when to be gentle with them? So that's at least what I saw is that same piece. And I, and I also say uh, a lot of times, the uncomfortability, I think, I think it really comes back to the same thing we're saying. Like, it's really hard to push through that uncomfortability. It feels like the void. It feels like the emptiness. It feels like the block sludge, you know, it feels like this like heavy thing that we're trying to do when we're trying to create an area of our life, which, or if it wasn't, we would have already have created it. Right. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. we would have done it if it wasn't heavy, Good but point. the fact that it's heavy is because we're trying to do it. And if it's been there for a long time, then what ends up happening is then we stack the story so whatever story we create of why we didn't achieve it gets stacked. And now we have this huge story. So in a, not, not only are we doing that, but we're also having to surrender the story now that's stacked a ton of like, oh, is it just that, that I just didn't get outside my comfort zone? <laughs> right? I don't have the money I want or the body I want or the relationship I want because um, I, didn't, I wasn't willing to get uncomfortable and push past that. So sometimes I think in not wanting to accept that, I think we end up continuing to play out the same patterns and continuing to stay stuck because it's safe. Again, it's like, it's like we're in the side world porn and goes, I don't know what's down river. Uh, you know, let's say getting in shape would be trusting the river going down the river. But I, but I also think in any new area of growth, there is the uncomfortability like you mentioned previously. So I think that's it. It's like, we want to do something. We figure out where we want to go and then we have to trust and be willing to get uncomfortable in order to do it, because it's a new skill set we have to learn. We haven't learned it yet. There's a there's something when it talks about uh, learning, and there's four levels of learning. They talk about unconscious unconfidence, unconscious competence, conscious competence, and then 
um, unconscious competence. So it's basically moving from the unconscious to the conscious. And they give an example of, of growing where, you know, Tony Robbins gives this example where you're going through life and you're tripping all the time would be unconscious, incompetence, like that person that doesn't know what they don't know. And they're walking around, they're tripping, they don't even know why they're tripping. And then all of a sudden, at some point, you move into conscious incompetence, meaning you're incompetent with something, but you're consciously aware of it. Like, okay, why am I tripping? I keep tripping everywhere. I'm noticing that I'm tripping. And I'm looking around and you're like, oh, everybody's got their shoelaces tied and mine are untied. And that's when the awareness, the consciousness of the awareness of it. And then as you, we move into conscious competence, that's when we're tra- tying our shoes. And as we're practicing tying our shoes, it's like our, uh, you know, we're very focused on what we're doing. Our tongue's out of the side of our mouth. It's like it takes every effort just to tie the shoes and put the loop and, you know, go around the tree and that whole metaphor. And then now, when was the last time any of us thought of tying our shoes? It's unconscious competence, meaning we're competent at it, but it's an unconscious thing that we just do. And so, with that example, anything new that we're trying to grow, whether it's building friendships, whether it's dating, whether it's uh, making money, whether it's growing in personal development, uh, you know, I think, you know, any of these different areas of life, if, unless you've been developing that skill set, we always have to grow. And in the beginning, there's always the unconscious incompetence. And I think it's around those areas uh, on the conscious, uh, unconscious competence area where it's the most uncomfortable, you know, because I think that's when we're like moving from a place of unconscious to, to conscious and then as we start to notice in reference of where we're at to other people i think that's where we tend to judge or we tend to compare ourselves and it, i think that part can get a little bit tricky because as we're judging and comparing ourselves to other people that's when we can feel like we should be somewhere faster than we are and when we start to feel like that that's when we cannot it's like we can self-sabotage before we ever got started yeah absolutely you know this whole thing about um I guess, conscious competence and unconscious competence, uh, you know, just the, the awareness of, I guess, being an actual co-creator in your life, right? And, you know, there's this really great story that really frames this whole idea of fulfillment. And it really frames this whole idea of, you know, success without fulfillment is one of the ultimate failures. You know, there's, it reminds me of the story about uh, Cary Grant, and he was this very famous movie star, uh, probably about a half a decade ago. And what a lot of people don't know is he also used to do a lot of theater work uh, in Broadway. He had this one show where he went out and he just he killed it. And standing ovation, got back for another standing ovation, brought him back. So he did two or three or possibly even four encores. I think it was actually three encores. And people were just up in arms, throwing roses on the stage. And they were just absolutely going wild. I mean, he just killed it. And so after the show, one of his managers actually walked back to Carrie's dressing room and to his dismay, he opens up the door and Carrie was like throwing something on the ground and he was cursing to himself and he was so upset. And his manager was just shocked. He's like, you know, what is going on? He's like, that was one of the best performances I've ever seen. He's like, why are you so upset? And Carrie turned around and he looked at him and he says, he's like, I know I was great. He's like, but I don't know why. And so a lot of times when we end up creating these, you know, I guess successes in our lives and we end up creating all this, you know, all this great environment around us, but we're not exactly sure why we're doing it. There's sometimes this this level of I guess uneasiness 
if you will, because you're not exactly sure what it takes to bring in fulfillment into your life. Like you just happen to kind of stumble upon it. And then, you know, when you start to to learn the laws of the universe and you start to kind of align with some of these aspects, you can start to consciously create your environment. You can start to consciously create what's around you and you can consciously create your own life and your lifestyle and you become a creator in your life and you start to move from being reactive in your life to proactive in your life in so many areas. And I think, you know, for a lot of us, we're very consciously competent in in certain areas and then other areas we're not. But if when we can start to, to, to have a little bit more awareness in it, it's like that's when the juices start to flow. That's when things start to rock and roll. Like and that's when, you know, life starts to get super juicy and super fulfilling. Um and you know, I can only speak for myself, like that's part of my work is to really moving into that whole conscious competent thing, you know, to a point where, you know, certain things like, you know, just waking up and having gratitude and, you know, coming home and, you know, literally going straight to my wife to give her a big hug and creating that that muscle memory to where I don't have to start thinking about it, um, you know, that just starts to really create a life of fulfillment because I know the core why of why I do those things is ultimately going to be uh, super fulfilling to me. That's amazing. I love that. I love, I love that. Getting in a way of where we're consciously creating our life and doing it in a way where, because again, even when you first started that, let me ask you a question on that. When you, even though you love your wife and you guys have an amazing relationship, I, I was telling you earlier before we, we got on here that you're one of the two relationships that I, I really, 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 really admire and talk about a lot. Yeah, thank um, you. But when you first started, was it was it uncomfortable to do that? Yeah, absolutely. To a point, I wouldn't say it was super uncomfortable because Michelle, I think, had created a muscle, and I think I had created a muscle in in prior relationships to to want to do that um i think what the uncomfortability was the um, the routine of it right so when you're in a really good state it's real easy when you're feeling good um i i think the where the uncomfortability came up was when i'm having a shitty day when you know when i come home and and you know things just haven't been going right and you're not really in that mood how do i still get into that place that was the uncomfortable part because ultimately i still wanted to well, yeah, that's- you know but that's I'm really glad you brought that up because that's that's what I'm wanting to point out is it's not it's even stuff that's we it's it's not like the things that we want to do we want to do them yeah it's the consistency yeah. that's the hard part it's the consistency we can start off with momentum and just like you said it's like the good days and the bad days but I think what are a couple things that allowed you to step into that even when it was uncomfortable was it again was it back to your why and saying hey I got to change my state I got to put myself in a resourceful place. Here's the reasons I got to think about this. Like, let me let me shift this. Or, how did you start to break through those? It was hundred percent the why. It was because I was so committed to the relationship, and I knew that starting off that first moment when I got home with Michelle, that that literally kind of creates the rest of the dynamic for for the whole night and. So I had to keep reminding myself of that, and I was dedicated to having a incredibly fruitful and loving relationship. And I was like, okay, this is my why. And so I had to keep reminding myself. It's like I love this woman. I want to make sure that the relationship that we have is always dynamic to the best of my ability. And you know, we always kind of go ups and downs, and we are human, but we have more 
we have more control over that than I think most people give themselves credit for and at least more than you know what I would give myself credit for and to me it was really reminding myself of the why and I knew that I had to really kind of create that muscle and uh, just remind myself like okay I know I love this woman uh, I even though I'm in a shitty mood or even though the last time we may have spoke we, there may have been some friction um, I, I keep reminding myself that that's not my default state with her and in the relationship that our default state is one of like love, compassion, um, and vibrancy in the relationship. So for me, it's just having, it's just kind of reminding myself now, do I fall down? Absolutely. But the more that I start to flex this muscle, I just get up a lot quicker and it's easier for me to kind of, you know, move through that, if you will. That's great. I love that. Yeah. That's powerful. So I think that's another example of just being, Again, so, you know, for anybody that's wanting to achieve anything or create something or move in a direction, focusing on the why, focusing on who you're going to serve. Uh, I think that's super critical, like who you're going to serve, who you're going to make a difference with first and foremost, and where that why comes in, and then able to do it consistently over a period of time. And then I, I would also say being gentle when, if we miss a day or two. That's a big one. You know, so sometimes it's like we build so much momentum and we do, we do really good and we start to make progress. And then something happens and throws us off and we miss a day and we, we beat ourselves up. And sometimes to beat ourselves up, we can push ourselves farther back uh, and almost quit it sometimes because we didn't do it perfect. And so I think, uh, you know, for me, it's like if I'm 90% in this direction, it becomes a pattern. So if I'm two steps forward, I take a day off. I'm three steps forward, a day off, four steps forward, a day off. Like over time, you're continuing to make progress. And over time, it continues to be more of a pattern than not. And then pretty soon at some point, it just shifts and it's part of, my, part of life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's said that your state that you're in, you know, how you're feeling will dictate the actions. You know, a lot of times we're not in a, you know, very fruitful state, if you will, so that, you know, that really dictates a lot of our actions. And so I think this is where you you kind of touched on upon earlier is the accountability is, you know, when you're not in those states and you don't want to go to the gym or you don't want to go home and, and hug your wife, you know, how do you keep yourself on that path? You know, sometimes it's accountability with somebody else. You know, sometimes it's just remembering the why. Uh, I, I do feel like there's there's lots of tools for that. Would you say there's a, like, uh, well, what tools would you say that helps someone kind of keep that muscle going for some of the things that we're looking to do? Yeah, you know, great question. Um, for me, if they're a man, it's coming to a retreat. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, in general, I mean, the, the, the exercises we do, it's, it's, I can share exactly what we do. A lot of it is practicing feeling. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that I'm learning is how to be present. And I thought I was present before, but I was present when I wanted to be present. And when it got heavy, I would run. Not consciously, but when things got a little heavier, I wasn't able to feel, uh, stand in that heaviness, if you will. Would you say that's a masculine thing? Would you say that's a kind of a male-oriented thing to kind of like pull away and go into our cave? Or would you say that's, that's kind of specific to you? You know, I'm actually, it's, it's not only a masculine thing, but I find it's the same with men and women. Is it's uh, uh, a lot of times it's not just uh, when stuff doesn't go right, but, you know, it's like anytime we feel judgment, comparison, hmm. uh, uh, judgment, comparison, guilt, shame, worry, stress, like all these things are mind it's head it's head energy and you know from my work of understanding a lot about grief it's all protecting the heart and we're trying to protect ourselves from feeling so i find that for me when i notice myself in one of those i'm able to just feel okay 
what's going on? You know, it's like I'll give you an example, a uh, recent example of uh, even though I do this work, I practice this work, I do a lot of it, my stuff still comes up. By, and it was a really big opportunity that I got uh, presented with to run a company um, and big decision. And I was so like wanting to do everything type of thing. And uh, such a big decision that my default is I'll notice. And I, I will say that I, I hadn't taken a day off in about three weeks a month. So I'd been kind of burning the candle at both ends. And then I just kind of hit a point where I was like, I need to chill. And then my default was food, <laughs> ordered a pizza, you know, ordered a Coke, which I don't drink Coke. I hardly ever eat carbs or pizza and watched a movie. And it was just a day that I've now learned to go. So for me, it's like I learned to go with it. Um, that would be an example of resisting versus going with it. When I was resisting, I was still working, but I could feel the energy building beneath. And it was just like, and I was almost avoiding. And then the day that I confront it, I kind of go into it and I go with the emotion. And then that's, it was, you know, it, in my past, that could have been a week where I kept repeating that pattern of like eating or watching. And But this time when I do it, I allow myself to go there. Uh, and then instead of judging or shaming or beating myself up, which is what I did in the past, that's why I'm able to even the, talk about it and embrace it and not try to hide it, right? It's part of my imperfection, if you will, and I'm okay with it, uh, is that it's a part of me that I would go, oh, okay, what am I protecting? Uh, what am, What is this feeling that I'm feeling that I'm trying not to feel? And then if I allowed myself to feel beneath that, I'm like, oh, I feel there's big decisions. I don't want to let people down. I don't want to feel rejection. I don't want to feel a sense of not enough. I don't want to feel, you know, these deep core wounds, if you will. And so then if I allow myself just to acknowledge those, to feel them, to be with them, uh, and then describe them. So to me, it's moving from a place of head. So think of like guilt, shame, back to the story. So I think this is where it gets interesting. A lot of times in order to break through something, we create a story of the why in order to push ourselves through, right? So we, we vision, we imagine the story, and that story is what drives us. Well, the challenge is sometimes those same stories uh, don't come true or they don't always pan out. So there's a, uh, there's a heartbreak. So for example, I was in the midst of a decision of this vision I had for my life, which, which could come true from taking path a, let's call it, uh, of this vision I'd, I'd had for many years of making money and doing these different things and building companies. And here, this decision is to do it. And feeling in, is it, is it really that I need to step in this direction? And, and when I actually allowed myself to feel all those feelings, what I felt was that it wasn't in my highest excitement. So the irony was, uh, you know, here I might have in the past, I would have broken through and tried to find a way to do it all, if that makes sense. And in trying to do it all and trying to push through and not practicing feeling and just saying yes, uh, I would have probably sacrificed a lot of the stuff that I've been building. A lot of the things that are really meaningful to me, I would have sacrificed to build somebody else because that vision I had of my future was so much, was so big um, and in surrendering the mind and stepping into the heart and allowing myself to feel, I was like, oh, I allowed myself to feel my core wounds. I allowed myself to acknowledge what they felt like. And there's actually neuroscience now that proves uh, actually when we move into sensation. So this is interesting. It's like when it's heady, when we're actually describing story, it's in the head. It's in a certain place in the brain. When we move into describing sensation like, oh, it feels rough around the edges or uh, the sensation feels uh, like a circle uh, above my belly button or w whatever the sensation is. But think feeling sensation. And as you're describing sensation, it, it is. It's the feeling. So if you were to say, okay, uh, I'll give you an example. Let's say, well, in the same example, once it was like I was craving food and I was craving relaxing, but I wasn't quite feeling yet. 
So by the time I ordered that, I just kept feeling like I'm hungry. I'm craving a pizza, right? So I wasn't quite allowing myself to feel. I was just acknowledging what was showing up and then I did it. And then of course you, you it state changed it, but then I would, could really feel cause I could feel uncomfortable. <laughs> but uh, part of that is in just the feeling in the sensation, uh, what happens is it changes the energy. It's almost like we're acknowledging what's there. And as we acknowledge what's there and as we feel it, it actually moves to a different part of the brain and the different part of the brain. Um, it's the present moment in the present moment, things come and things go. There's no, uh, it doesn't stay. It's the mind and the stories that we have tied to the mind and that vision. That's what stays. It's the stories. So the stories are future. So, and that's the tricky part. The tricky part is sometimes we, we create these stories. Like you have a beautiful story of the relationship you want to create with your wife. So you allow yourself to push through some of these things in order to create that, uh, those routines, those habits that are going to bring you fulfillment. Um, yet other times, sometimes the stories in our, in our head are telling us to swim upstream and I think that's a, this kind of ties it all in. And sometimes we need to practice feeling. And sometimes the feeling will be like, what feels good? And for me, I was like, right now I work for myself. I have my own lifestyle. I'm my own boss. Um, I love what I do. It's transformation work. It all feels amazing. Uh, you know, like, so I just started to feel and it felt really light. It felt really flowing. I started to think about this other direction, even though it has, a, a, a let's say, a huge opportunity for a, a really big payout within the next 12 to 18 months. It felt heavy. And I started to be like, oh, this is feeling heavy. Um, but there's a lot of people that I wanted to get their affection, if you will. So I had to realize like, oh, I have to risk. And this is where it was courageous. I have to risk um, not taking this opportunity or changing this opportunity and risk rejection, if you will. And, and be courageous in that and get uncomfortable in that in order to honor myself. So in the past, I would have chosen the opportunity and not honored myself um, in order to not be rejected. And in order to meet that vision that I had in my future, and then ultimately I would have been unhappy. So uh, I guess a long-winded way of answering your question is um, I feel like when things come up, how do we practice feeling? And um, I think I think men, just because I've been doing a lot of men's retreats, but I, I talk to a lot of women that have shared they have similar things that come up. Uh, I think we move into the head to avoid. We avoid feeling. So my advice would just be like where – when you notice yourself in judgment, when you notice yourself in comparison, when you notice yourself in guilt, shame, or even just like heaviness, the void, whatever that void is like, oh, I know I should do this, but ugh, all of a sudden now I'm tired. Or all of a sudden now I use the example of food or a movie, but there's something stalling you from doing something you know you need to do. And when you observe that, instead of judging it and shaming it like we typically do, when we judge it and shame it, it puts it in a corner, almost like a hidden black box corner, and then we hide from it. And that's what stays elusive. So if you can observe it, but not instead of shameful or criticizing, instead we're gentle and we go, oh, whatever pattern I'm doing, I'm protecting myself. I'm protecting myself by going to bed. I'm protecting myself by sleeping, by whatever that pattern is that it's almost like it counterintuitively fights what we need to do to get uncomfortable. And if we observe it, then we just got to, then it's a sign, an action signal to just feel. What am I feeling? And as we drop into feeling, that's what starts to allow us to be in the present moment. And in the present moment, we can feel sensations. We can feel what's going on. And that, that'll start to give us direction on where the river's flowing and to follow that flow. And you might say, wow, I need to go this direction and it's going to be radically uncomfortable and I need to break through. Uh, and it's just my fear in the way. Or it also gives you clarity to say, you know what? It's not my fear. Like the example I had, it's not my fear to, to take all this on. It's actually not my highest excitement. And I need to go in this, but I can still be a part of it. So I think that's, 
I think, uh, you know, kind of integrating pieces of this is how do we practice feeling and only us feeling? A lot of people end up asking advice from different friends, which is okay. But one of the challenges I find is when asking different people opinions, you usually get three. You'll get somebody that's for you, somebody that's kind of against the opinion and somebody in the neutral. And so you're still getting three different perspectives to decide. So it can be a good example of getting clarity or to have somebody reflect back, but ultimately to make a decision. And I think this is one of our first or second podcasts all about decisions. It's getting back into the heart and really feeling. And the feeling is that's where we start to know ourselves. That's what, and I think that's our whole, our whole point of our podcast of fulfillment. Fulfillment is uh, for us, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, and I, it's a perfect example of, uh, I think what you've mentioned a number of times, Scott, of, so many people get to the edge of their life and they maybe achieved what they thought was success and then they're unfulfilled. And so how do we, the more we can learn to feel, the more we can learn to tap into what our essence is, the more we learn what we really are, whatever that essence is, and the more we can align to align with it. And I, I believe that's what aligns us to, to get the courage to follow that, to get the courage to get uncomfortable to follow that, even when uh, you, may do, you may be like, wow, this is my path and I have to have faith and trust this. And that can be radically uncomfortable, but I find... That's what brings true freedom. That's what brings true happiness. That's what brings true fulfillment uh, is following that flow. Be sure to join us on the next podcast episode for part two. Visit us at masteringfulfillment.com for other podcasts such as these. Or if you're looking to take your personal fulfillment to another level, feel free to get in contact with either myself or Joshua Warner.